a total way to have power over it and say, you know what, I'm going to do something good. I'm going to make the world a better place, even though this bad thing is happening. There's, that's another way to have a sense of, of power in a powerless situation. Today is a special bonus episode of Poet Kind Podcast. Usually I'm talking with poets or writers, but today I'm talking with Wendy Elzinga of Metanoia Today. Wendy is a psychologist from Western Michigan, and she's here to share a few coping strategies for this new not-so-normal we all find ourselves in. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am so glad you're here. I'm going to start. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Wendy Elzinga. Like you said, I'm a limited licensed psychologist in the state of Michigan, and I have a private practice in Grand Haven. Currently, with the uh, lockdown, I am seeing all my clients um, online. That's what I started doing last week, so that's been a new adventure for me. Um, I keep a blog and I keep a, a, an Instagram account that anybody can go to called Metanoia Today, where I'm hopefully offering a little bit of hope and some suggestions um, there as well for how to deal with all of this. Fantastic. Yeah, we, we find ourselves in an extremely unusual situation. You know, people are working from home, people are going to school at home, and sometimes multiple generations are all crammed together in one space for an extended period of time. And that presents some unique um, hurdles is yeah. a nice way to put it. Yes. <laughs> I'm wondering if you can address that and, you know, start to offer some coping me mechanisms, things that we can all do to help make this experience the best it can be, because it's not going to be smooth the whole time. Sure, sure. There's a lot of um, families, um, well, every family in Michigan, their children are home from school right now. Everybody's um, suddenly homeschooling. Yes, yes, and colleges, even the, I think the week or two before that, had shut down, so people with college-age kids have their college-age kids with them, um, and so yeah, we're finding ourselves with maybe people in our homes on a 24-7 basis that we're just not quite used to, um, and I know from talking to people, even from reading other stories, that it is quite a challenge, and so um, maybe kind of coming up with some ideas of how to to navigate this new way of being um, might be what you're looking for here. Exactly, exactly. One of the things that I um, one of the things that I tell parents with children is um, kind of act do some of the things the teachers do. So teachers, in order to kind of manage a whole group of kids, they have structure, routines. They have um, predictability and consistency. And if we can make sure we've got just some normal routines and kids know what to expect when, I think that can help everyone um, feel more calm and more comfortable. When kids don't know what to expect and when there's just a lot of free-for-all and even a lot of tension or... Um, just even the emotions that can go along with this, some of the fear and, and, and stuff that can create um, for kids um, they, who don't know how to process that, that can create some behavioral acting out. So the more there's consistency and structure and routine in place, um, there, there can be a sense of safety in that. There can be a sense of, okay, I know what to expect that can kind of calm people down a bit too. 
and um, that helps for parents too to kind of know what to expect as well. Yeah. Well, and I wonder too if parents don't find themselves with a little bit of anxiety about feeling like they're homeschooling their kids. Yeah. And I think, you know, they could reach out to their, te te their children's teachers and yeah. ask some advice. Yeah. And, you know, I, th I think a lot of people are going to find that they'll be able to do it, especially if they use structure. You know, you get yeah. up at the same time, you have breakfast yeah. at the same time, and you work. These are our study hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I do think most schools, and I know it's district to district, it can be different, but I think most schools have some sort of a system where you can access the teachers. Um, um, some of them are actually giving out homework for kids to do at home. So find out from your school what your school offers and take advantage of that. Um, yeah. But I know. We, you and I had talked, and you have a situation where you have your um, your elderly in-laws staying with you, which yes. is an unusual situation too, right? Right. It, it presents some unique things to overcome and um, re-navigating my relationship with my spouse because suddenly there's more people in the house and um, finding ways to not feel like I have to sit and entertain them the whole time. Um, <laughs> you know, I did, I, I had a couple days notice before they got here and I contacted my used bookstore uh -huh. and, I said, and I sent out an SOS. This uh -huh. is what I have coming. This is who uh -huh. they like. What do you recommend? And I went and picked up a whole bag of books that she had set aside for me. And yeah. that was one way to do it. Oh, absolutely. But That's there's, wonderful. There's lots of other hours to fill in too, so. Yeah. Well, I know um, that you and I had talked a little bit before this too, and you were also mentioning how you were um, setting boundaries, kind of letting them know, um, hey, these are, this is what I'm gonna do, this is what I'm not gonna do. And exactly. Yes, and the ability to do that, to kind of be able to communicate really well instead of letting things kind of sit there and say, because it's different than just hosting guests for the holidays. This is right. a, a long-term thing to be able to say, look, we've, we've got to communicate what I'm willing to do, what I'm not willing to do when I need to just kind of go off and do my own thing. And you need to be able to um, entertain yourself. Here's some great books I picked up for you. <laughs> kind of thing. Here's a puzzle. Here's some cards. Yes. yes. And Here's the remote control. <laughs> yeah. So to be able to verbalize that and communicate your expectations, um, I think that goes a long way. I think sometimes we, we think other people just know what they need to do. And, and it's not always the case. When people come into your home that are used to your home, sometimes you have to be more kind of spell things out. And that's exactly. not rude. That's not rude. That kind of makes things smoother for everybody because everybody knows what um, what the expectations are then. Right. Um, One of the things that I thought of since the last time we talked was um, this idea that because we're all trapped at home, we have all this free time. And some of us, I mean, we dedicate a number of hours per day if we work from home or are finding ourselves, um, you know, working remotely from home just because we're home doesn't mean we're sitting around, you know, eating Cheetos and watching Netflix all day. Right. Right. How do you, how do you handle that? I mean, it, it's, it's, it falls under managing expectations, but you know, it can cause some conflict. And so when you're faced with conflict in a relationship or with other 
people that are in your house, whether it's roommates or um, a partner or in-laws or anybody, what are some great conflict resolution or coping mechanisms that we can use? Um, so are you, are you kind of indicating like people that might come into your home that might think, oh, you've got all this free time, you can entertain me, or we can do this, or let's do this, and want to take advantage of your time when you're like, whoa, 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 you don't understand it, or you have a schedule? Well, like, not, not only that, but, you know, even people just texting you all the time, or uh, people making comments that, well, you're now you're home now, you know, you've got some extra time, do you want to do something online, or... You know, yeah. or you can get all these projects done now that I want you to get done now that you're home all the time. Yes. And yes. so it's, you know, there can be some friction that develops. Yes. Um, again, it's the same thing we had talked about um, before is talking about those expectations. I would, if you're trying to blend your work in your home environment and now maybe even parenting on top of that, so that like all these times are blurring together, I think you need to, um, even just take out a planner and dedicate, if you can, if you can do it this way, these are my work hours. I'm not, I'm going to turn off my phone so I can't text. I'm going to shut the door. Please don't disturb, put up a doodle disturb sign. But you, it, you've got to kind of mentally do that yourself too. You've got to say, I'm in work mode now. Yeah. Um, Self-regulate. Yes. Yes. And, um, and find if you're if you have kids at home um finding things for them to do or another adult that can entertain them while you're working um you you kind of gotta think ahead and plan a system to kind of uh, compartmentalize everything so that it all doesn't blur together and cause a lot of stress and confusion about what you should be doing yeah but I've had um, and understanding that there's a there's a transitionary period it's gonna take some yeah. tweaking and figuring out what's oh Yes. Anytime you start something new, I always tell people, expect there to be roadblocks. Don't get frustrated and freaked out if things don't go smoothly from the beginning. The, every time you do it, you're learning something. So you go back and you say, okay, there was a little snafu there that we need to work out. Go at it again the next day and kind of work out the tweaks as you go along. It gets better with time, but exactly. new. So it's things are, have grace with each other, have grace with yourself patience and kindness um because and, and we're all going from time to time yes it's just a yeah. fact of life it won't yeah. be perfect no no and and when you're all kind of stuck together sometimes like sardines and you can't go anywhere um part of just the expectations are people are going to get grumpy and so when they do you're not surprised by it you're like yep we're all going to get a little grumpy. We're all going to have a little bit short fuse. Let's have grace with each other and take timeouts if we need to, to go do the things we need to do to take care of ourselves um, so that we can be the best we can be when we're with the people we care about the most. Yeah. Now, in, in, this, in this period of us going from, you know, having normal lives to these abnormal lives, yeah. you know, there's some emotions that play into that too that can make it tricky to navigate because we're, we're grieving. We, we're all suffering a loss. We, we don't have our friends readily available. We don't have our work environment. We don't yeah. have the luxury of just going to target because we feel like it. Yeah. Um, what are some ways that, that you can recommend that people manage this grief or take care of themselves in a different way so that they can, you know, 
not get too stressed and turn to, you know, I think we talked about the COVID-15 that are, you know, starting <laughs> to creep up. And uh -huh. then also, um, you know, instead of having one beer, they might have two because they're yeah. just feeling overwhelmed. Right, right. And using those things as coping strategies. Yeah, we need to um, definitely uh, um, kind of look at what the underlying need for that is. Sometimes it is a need to de deal with overwhelming emotions. Sometimes it's a need to kind of stuff feelings. And I say recognize recognize um, and allow you, yourself to have the feelings you're going to have. Um, feelings and emotions, they're just there to be an indicator of, of what you need to do to take care of yourself. Um, and finding some healthy alternatives to meet those needs. So um, for instance, if you find that you're eating a lot more to kind of um, just stuff down the feelings of stress to cope with that, um, you got to find some other things in your life, more healthy ways to deal with stress. So admitting and recognizing, yeah, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress right now. I probably need to relax. What kinds of things can I do to relax? Can I go for a walk outside? Can I go for a bike ride? Can I go for a run? Um, exercise is one of the best stress reducers that there is if you're mm -hmm. able to do it. Um, also, do I need to just take some time out and just watch a comedy or listen to some soothing music. Things to do that will kind of help reduce that stress are really important um, uh, coping mechanisms. But you, you're absolutely right. We have to deal with the loss here and um, there's loss up on all levels. Some people are losing some of their once in a lifetime opportunities to uh, graduate with their peers from high school to go to prom. Um, some people are struggling with, is, am I going to be able to have my wedding? And mm -hmm. I've been reading about people that have, have lost loved ones that don't know how to organize a funeral right now. So the grief and the loss, it's just, it's hitting people in many, many different ways. And um, one of the best tools for resiliency to be able to deal with these hard things is to recognize what is within your sphere of control and what's outside of it. Mm -hmm. So um, we can recognize the pain we feel for the loss, but we always get to choose our attitude and how we deal with things. Um, if, if you ever saw that, did you see the movie, The Titanic? The Titanic that was out, what, 10, yes. 15 years ago? Yep. So there's, there's a scene in that movie where there's, it's the Irish mother and the, sheep, the ship is sinking and there's nothing she can do about that, but she's reading her children a bedtime story and she's talking them in during this time. She's not panicking, she's not crying, she's not getting them all worked up. She has very limited control over what she can do, but she's choosing her attitude and how she's going to respond in that situation. Yeah. Um, we're luckily not in that situation, <laughs> but it's a, it's a teaching tool for like, hey, in any situation you find yourself in, no matter how severe, you get to choose. Part of your sphere of control is choosing your attitude and how you're going to respond to this and who you're going to be to the people you love who are around you too. So when you realize nobody can take that away from you, there's something very freeing about that. Yeah. Well, it gives you a sense of control, which we all need in, yeah. in our circumstances so that we feel like we have some autonomy to move around and freedom yeah. is a good word. Freedom to move around and do what we need to do. Yes. And not feel like we're sublimating ourselves to every person or everything that comes along. 
Right, right. And so, yeah, and so it's, a choose, it's choosing what you focus on. Do you choose to focus on all the things you can't control? Because that will ratchet up anxiety. You bring up a good point, though. Um, you know, choosing how you're going to be re responding in a, a particular situation, but also with dealing with children. And I think it can go both ways because we're, we're dealing with elder care. Mm -hmm. where they get tense and anxious, just like kids do in some ways. Um, dad's understanding now that we are not going to be able to get his car for some months, and they might be here until July. And that is a hard thing for him to comprehend. With children, they know there's illness. They know that their parents are tense about something, and if the news is on all the time, they're hearing it, and I think there was a study done after 9-11 that every time children saw the towers falling down, it happened again for them. Yeah. They, they couldn't, yeah. they didn't have the capacity to separate that this is, oh, this is just footage. Yeah. So, you know, staying calm for your children. Yes. Those sorts of things. Yes. And, and that brings up a good point, too, um, is just turning off the media Watching it enough to be informed to know what you need to do and what is within your sphere of control. Like, hey, I guess we're locked down. I, you know, I needed to know that. I'm glad I was paying attention and got to, and know that I need to stay inside now. You know, knowing how to take care of yourself with the hand washing and the distancing, those things are important for us to know. But we don't need to be bombarded with it every five minutes we don't need to keep this running commentary of what's going on because it just ratchets up anxiety for ourselves and for anybody else that's in the home paying attention to it as well yeah. and also kids will pick up on our anxiety so if we're watching it and it's um creating a lot of tension and anxiety they pick up on that the people that are there to keep them safe are kind of struggling and, and kids are wondering, hey, who's going to keep me safe? So we got to kind of do that for their benefit. And, and I know, and, and you're mentioning um, your elder uh, in-laws, there's going to be a lot of fear too for them that they're very vulnerable as well. Well, and they're hearing about all these people who are dying that are their age and right. younger. Right. And all the dire warnings. This is deadly for the elderly. And, yeah. you know, I, I think it is starting, they've been here two weeks now yeah. is starting to affect them in some way because I've noticed a shift in the conversation. Okay. So, yeah, so it's staying peaceful and calm for them too. you know, doing what's within your sphere of control. You can't necessarily control how they're responding, but you can create that environment of peace in your home that can um, dial the anxiety down a bit, yeah. you know, um, and finding Oh, go, go ahead. Oh, you, you finish. I have a different thought to move on to. Oh, okay. I was going to say, finding things to distract ourselves from it, too, um, especially pleasurable things like, hey, let's play a game or let's watch a, a, a good show together. Let's, um, let's read a book together or something like that are ways to kind of take your mind off of it as well. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm going to throw this out there too and be I, this, because it's on a very personal level and we didn't talk about this the last time we spoke, but um, dealing with anxiety, sometimes it's more than we can manage on our own okay. and it's reaching out and being open and honest with your physician possibly yeah. and yeah. finding those tools and using those tools that can help you cope a little bit. 
better. Mm-hmm. Uh, my physician knows me very well. And so when I reached out to her and said, I think I need to go back on my meds, uh-huh. she's like, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, being able to reach out and ask for help. Um, there's a, and if, if people need a counselor or a therapist too, there's a, a lot of us are online right now too. So I think people are scared like, hey, everybody's shutting down. No, health professionals, even therapists are, are um, moving their practices to online. So there are people you can talk to as well. They're still available. They're out yeah. there. Yeah. So. But there's some things you can do um, just behaviorally to deal with anxiety too. Um, yes. You can, whatever you can do to turn on, it's called like the relaxation response. There's the fight or flight response and there's the relaxation response and they both can't be activated at the same time. So learning how to manage your breathing, taking slow, deep breaths, um, learning how to do some of these things like distraction or getting out and getting some exercise. These are some, some behavioral things you can do to, it might not take the anxiety away completely, but it dials it down so you feel like you have a little more control over it. Yeah. Now there's some apps out there too that people can look into. Yes, yes, there's some good apps if you want to um, learn more about meditation or relaxation. Um, a couple I like are Calm and um, Headspace, and there's another one I haven't checked out, but I've heard good things about called um, Breathe, B-R-E-E-T-H-E, I believe it is, um, and those aren't the only ones. There's uh, there's other ones, too, so I encourage people, just check them out, because um, some will resonate and some won't. Mm-hmm. So just check different ones out and see if there's one that you like. A lot of them will just play kind of, some of them help you sleep better and will play calming music. Um, some of them um, will just kind of uh, give you some beautiful, peaceful scenery to focus on while you kind of learn to relax and slow down your breathing. So it's kind of a nice tool to be able to use to help you relax. Very good. Now. I'm going to backtrack a little bit and talk about relationships in close quarters. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Some of us find ourselves with our spouse a lot more or our significant other a lot more. Uh And it can get a little dicey because those things that might annoy you if you're with them with on the weekends Uh will drive you absolutely nuts if you're with them every single day. Uh (laughs) What are... What are some things you recommend for working through that? Yeah, I think if it's like minor annoyances and things that bother you, um, again, lower your expectations. Remember to give a lot of grace. Just you got to go in this thing. I'm going to be annoyed. They're going to be annoyed. We've got that when, when it comes up, you're not surprised by it. And you can use some humor to deal with it if possible. Um, taking a time out if you're in the middle of an argument. I think there's also along with little annoyances, there's also some big concerns with people too. Some people are very concerned about finances and losing their jobs. So, um, and then parenting, parenting and finances are two of the biggies that couples fight about anyways. And so those things are kind of just right there more readily to deal with right now um, as big concerns um, that might create more conflict too. So knowing how to fight fair, knowing how to take a time out if you're feeling like uh, you're getting to a place where you're going to say or do something you don't um, mean. Um, I always recommend couples just say, hey, 
I, I need to take a time out. I'm getting flooded. And um, the person who says that needs to be able to go and do some things to calm themselves down. The person who's kind of wanting to solve this needs to kind of relax and be patient. And they need to both agree that they're going to come back and discuss this. Because some people mm -hmm. use a timeout to just avoid something. Right. Um, and the spouse who really wants to, or the other person who really wants to deal with it, can get very frustrated because they're like, oh, you're just checking out right now. But if you make an agreement like, no, I'm going and I'm going to go calm down and kind of think of um, some things that will not ruminate on this argument and make myself more ratcheted up, but calm myself down and maybe even uh, get to the point where I'm starting to think, hey, how can I, how can we problem solve and then come back and try to problem solve. And you may have to do that over and over again, but um, it's better to take a time out and calm down than to try to work on something when you're so emotionally flooded that you get to that point where you say and do things that you can't dig back that really hurt, you know, and may affect other people in the home as well. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. So knowing how to have, um, know how to fight fair, knowing how to, conflict is inevitable. Um, it really it's is. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, but knowing how to uh, do it without hurting the other person is, is an important skill. Yeah. And I, I think too, you know, there are going to be family situations that are not ideal. And adding this level of stress, this added burden of being together all the time, I think it's important to remind those people to reach out and now is maybe the time to get the help you need. Absolutely, absolutely, you're right. There's, there's uh, many situations where when you putting people together that have a hard time anyway and then not giving them really an escape route is a recipe for um, a lot of tension and a lot of problems so yeah being able to reach out for help um making sure you can take a time out making sure that it, hey i need to leave the situation i think it's still safe to just um go around and drive take a drive in your car um just get out of the situation and come back if you can if it's safe to do so right um, but you might need to get some intervention in place as well and not be afraid to do that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start to wrap things up now. What are maybe the top five things, you know, that, I mean, there's a long list. I know. <laughs> but are, but are the, the key things that could be like headings for all the other things to fall under, what are some things I know um, there was a great book on uh, relationships uh -huh. that you thought might be a good resource. And then, you know, some other things that quick coping mechanisms that people can remember like on the spot. Um, um, yes. So it was the seven principles for making marriage work by John Gottman has um, some tools. It has some activities for couples to do together too, to kind of, um, uh, in some ways get to know each other better, in some ways get to understand how the other operates better. And so that might be something, if you're stuck together, it might be kind of fun to do some of those activities. Um, and then he also kind of talks about um, conflict when it's, when it's destructive and how to kind of cope with it in a more healthy way as well. Um, and then just, I think, some quick things to do to cope. Um, 
the big thing I think is, is do as much preventative as you can by setting expectations and boundaries ahead of time, setting up some um, rules and systems so there's some consistency in your home so people know what to expect, I think is important. Make sure every day you're carving out some time for some something fun. Yeah. Um, something that people can enjoy because that's one of the best ways to diffuse stress is to just get together and laugh, play a fun game, um, read a funny book, watch a funny movie. Um, make sure you get some exercise if you can. Get outside, get some fresh air, get some perspective, and just always be focusing and thinking on what is in my sphere of control? What, what can I control? And focus on today. Today's going to have enough challenges of its own. There's so much worry and what if, but if you just say, I have today right now, today's what I have to work with. I'm not going to worry about the future so much. I'm going to just pay attention to making my, myself and my environment, environment the best it can be today. Um, you're working within what you can control then. So. Great. <laughs> Thank you, Wendy. I just oh. appreciate you spending a few minutes with me today. This is oh. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm like glad we got a chance to do it because I know we tried it before and it didn't work. So it's good right? to have the opportunity to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. You take care of yourself. You've got a lot going on there too. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. I know this was something out of the ordinary, and it may have been information you were already familiar with, but if it was new to you or simply a refresher, I hope that you are able to take something into the coming days that will add grace to your circumstances. We really are all in this together, and we can support each other even from six feet away. If you find yourself in a place feeling too isolated, too lonely, reach out. There are resources available to you and professionals like Wendy that are there to help. If you're interested, you can find Wendy on Instagram at metanoia underscore today and at metanoiatoday.com. Some of the resources she mentioned were apps like Calm and Headspace and Breathe, spelled B-R-E-E-T-H-E. And for those spiritually inclined, I would add Slow with a long O symbol. They are a meditative scripture podcast. That's it for today. Thanks again for listening. I wish you health. I wish you moments of joy in the mess of today. I know this is where I usually do all the plugs and remind you we are better together, which I believe is true, but I'm going to skip all the other stuff. Take care. Take care of each other. Write, create, bring good things into a difficult time, and above all, be kind to each other. And as usually happens, there are one or two things that follow once the record button is turned off, so keep listening for at least one more tip. Until next time, sending lots of love your way. Kind of important too is like is transcending it by like um, looking out for other people that need help. Like you had talked mm. about your neighbor and walking by and noticing and how it was kind of nice to reach out to this woman who lives alone. Yeah, um, it's important so, to think beyond just yourself. Yeah, I think it helps with stress to kind of, because when we're so focused on, am I going to have enough? Am I going to get sick? Um, it, that worry gets so much about us. But if we're like, you know what, this person I can see is alone. What might they need? Or who can I call? You step outside of yourself a bit. Right, and, and call. 
call. Yes. People need to hear your voice. Yeah. And, you know, I, and, and you can social distance, mm-hmm. but you can always call. Yes. Social distance does not mean let go of all your relationships. You right. Exactly. Keep, keep those relationships close. And also, you know, if, if for some reason you keep thinking of a person, you know, it, text is fine, but I think we've become so used to using that it's become a crutch. And instead uh-huh. of actually talking to somebody where you can, yeah. you can tell how they feel, you can tell what they're thinking yeah. just by their tone of voice. Yeah. Um, you know, reach out to your friends and your family, uh, video yeah. chat. I read stories to my grandkids and, uh-huh. you know, it's awesome. not perfect because I can't touch them. But one of you're them connecting. now talks to me every morning. Yeah, you're connecting. Story. So, yeah. Right. And, and when you're thinking of older people, like I'm guessing your in-laws, are they big texters? I know. <laughs> so, so, you know, those people aren't getting any kind of contact because they're not really probably text anyway. So reaching out to, to call um, them. Yeah. To people that are older and they're more vulnerable and probably more afraid. Yeah. Yeah. 